Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. And we have a very special episode coming to you today. We have a great guest, Mark Dyson, uh, who is going to talk about hacking the modern job search and trends to keep in mind as we go toward 2022, which is crazy. This year is almost over, 2021. Mark, I'm going to kick it over to you right off the bat. Tell us what our dear listeners should know about you. Uh, I'm a career writer. Uh, write a lot, speak a lot, train a lot, and uh, have a podcast associated with Voice of Job Seekers, live stream show, and uh, two other live stream shows. And uh, that's probably the, the best part of me. I like the way you put that. Um, and you're... If I can add one thing, I mean, I see you as sort of one of the the early, maybe not the most, maybe not the very first podcaster, but one of the earliest guys in the career development podcasting space. And so it's just a real pleasure. I mean, you've produced over 200 episodes with the Voice mm-hmm. of Job Seekers, mm-hmm. and you continue to to really push the envelope with live conversations now being more your thing mm-hmm. in addition to the podcast. So just such a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And being the last show, what? It's the last of an era for sure um, with Lisa eventually signing off at the end of 2021. Uh, do you want to weigh in on that, Lisa? Yeah, I have had a lot of changes and my little guy who's actually joined me on this podcast today in the background um, takes up a lot of my time and with timing and scheduling and all of that kind of stuff. I feel the need to, you know, give my family this time um, at this time and make made some difficult decisions, but I feel like it, <laughs> I feel like it is a, a good thing. And I, I know that Mike's going to carry on the legacy of this really, really well. So I, that's pretty much all I have to say right now. That's cool. Wait, yeah. did I spill the beans? I thought, is this, did I actually, did no. I actually let the cat out of the bag? I'm glad I'm you sorry. did, Mark. No, that's okay. I'm glad you did. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that this was known to your listeners. We were going to like kind of shock them a little bit, but you know what? I think it's a good thing that they hear now a little bit of a, a softer goodbye. Uh, we will release one more episode Okay. before the end of this calendar year. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but Mark, I appreciate it. Thank you. No, it's all good. It's hey, all good. If, if we decide we can always take it out. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Editing. That's that's the best thing about podcasting yeah. right there. <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, Mark, can you tell our dear listener a little bit about how you arrived at this point in your career as being this writer, blogger, speaker on all things career stuff? Yeah. Um, and thank you for saying it like that, because that's exactly what it is. That's the only way I could describe it right now. Everybody else says, well, I help clients and I coach. I did that the first part of my career in this space. I got sick of it. <laughs> Just to be quite honest, I got burnt out helping clients and going through the business stuff that goes along with it. It was exhausting to me. I mean, I'm older probably than your average guest and maybe twice as old as some of your other guests. So, you know, uh, I had to reconfigure 
And I love writing. I never get tired of that. I don't get tired of talking anymore, even though that used to be exhausting. But since the live stream has become in vogue now, I just take advantage of that with two of the live stream shows with two other co-hosts. And uh, I think that has been one of the best things I ever did. That's awesome. Yeah, I, just hearing that you have leaned into things that energize you, it sounds like something that we often talk about on this show. If you're trying to make a decision about your career, take a look at how the energy levels are for you when you look at uh, what you might be doing or what you could mm -hmm. be doing. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have relatives think I'm famous because they see my live streams. I said, no, anybody can have access these days. <laughs> so, you know, it's hard to explain to them. But having said that, jab seekers have that same access, right? Mm -hmm. But how many of them are willing to put themselves out there like that? And sometimes that's what it's going to take to be uncomfortable for a while. Because I honestly, I hated, I hated video at this time last year i think i started uh, the first live stream show with jack kelly september 25th of 2020 and we've been doing it except for maybe three or four weeks we've been doing it pretty much straight i hated video i mean i only did it to kind of you know help spread the message before but now it's like it's pretty much my life now um you know, between the video and my wife, I still choose my wife, but she's lawfully uh, has to be with me. Video doesn't. <laughs> uh, there's, there's something there that you said that I think sort of speaks to the broader topic of our conversation today. Mm -hmm. um, hacking, reimagining the modern job search, sort of one of the lines that you're known for. Um, and it's what we've titled this episode on what can you expand on that a little bit what does that mean on a broad level to hack and reimagine if you're a job seeker going forward i changed it to that because i believe that job search is a lifestyle job search is a lifestyle because it does take some hacking and reimagining because that's what we do with our lives except before we used to compartmentalize we used to say you know, this is a job search. I don't have to worry about doing another job search for another five, 10, 15 years. These days, that is, you're lucky to get to five years for the most part. My wife just retired after 31 years on a grant, no less. That has to be, you know, the money has to be received every year. She was lucky to have 31 years. I don't know anybody else other than my wife who's had that through a grant. Now, there are people who had it through, you know, through corporations, what have you, but she was able to do it through a grant. But when it was time, October 31st, 2020, she was done and done good. And like a lot of the people who were her age and had to retire, that my, my best friend retired a couple of years ago. He was done. And that was it. And under that guard, you know, you compartmentalized your life. You know, so this is my life and this is my work life and the two don't dance together. But now with the pandemic had ushered in and it was heading that way anyway, that people need to engage their job search 
as a lifestyle, as a means to survive and to thrive in a in job market as volatile and as unpredictable as this one, especially. And it's not going to stop over the next 10 years or so. People are going to have to use the best of their time. I mean, you may have to cut out the TV time. You may have to cut out, you know, some parts of your life to tend to the baby. But with like with Lisa, she's going to, you know, she's not going to totally disengage uh, while she's on maternity leave. She's going to still keep her feelers out and her antennas up for career opportunities. But it's not even just about career opportunities. It's also about career development. It's also about networking. It's about all those components that you guys have been talking about on other shows here uh, on this podcast. All that combined, you're now, it's now part of your life. It's no longer something you can put aside. So that's in part what I mean by hacking and reimagining job search. You're hacking because you're going to have to try different things. And you're going to have to evolve. You can't stay in the same place anymore. Technology has moved so fast, it affects all of us. And if you're in the same place from a technology standpoint, from knowing to, to uh, being able to go to different platforms from one year to the next, then you might end up a light year or two behind. As opposed to reimagining, you're always going to have to reconfigure your career because you don't know what career is going to disappear. You don't know what's going to come up. I mean, five years ago, we didn't know what cryptocurrency or blockchain was. We didn't know what NFT was. Now we know. So we know that those are also career possibilities because they're new technology. And believe me, there's not too many college classes right now that are teaching about blockchain and cryptocurrency. A lot of them were pretty, pretty bullish, like Gerald, like you know Merrill Lynch, bullish. I don't want to be misinterpreted here, but all that to say that the new technology is not being taught in college necessarily. And by the time they teach it in four years, you know, let's say you do get a degree, we've moved on from that. So things are moving so rapidly now, you can't afford to be complacent. I think that's such a great point too. And the sooner that people can come to terms with the fact that it is going to be more of a cycle, the better off they're going to be in the long run, because then it doesn't feel like, then it doesn't feel like as much of a, a challenge or um, it's not as scary when it, it does come up the next time you're ready for it. And you're absolutely. It. And I think that's part of the, and that's, the courage part, because it does take courage, uh, it does take some confidence to conduct a job search, having to position yourself as the most viable and needed candidate, you have to look at it that way. You can't, it can't be a risk that, you know, if I never play basketball and I take a shot, I hope it goes in, as opposed to if I've always played basketball and I'm always, so I know it's going to go in, even if I miss, I know I've got another shot. Definitely. Great so, metaphor. Yeah. And, and in your opinion, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges of the modern job search today? And how does it differ from job searches of past years? The same advice that I would give and you guys may have given doesn't apply across the board like it used to. And what I mean is that the industry is changing so much. Job search is changing so much 
from month to month. And even you look back six months from now, you may look at a client that you had six months ago and you may have to reposition that advice. That's how fast it is. As opposed to five years ago, the advice that you gave three or four years before that, that would have been okay to use and you could use reuse that same advice. There, I had old clients come back and ask me, are you still doing coaching? I go, no, I don't do coaching anymore. Are you still writing? No, I don't write. I don't write. It, it, it's changed and it's, it's evolved quite a bit. And people are finding it's a brand new world out here. I mean, it wasn't that long ago this summer that there were people going through 14 rounds of interviews. Think about that. It My used voice. to be being able to go to an interview and, or maybe two interviews where you may interview with a few people and then the big boss may interview and then that will be the final decision and you get hired and go through the process. Imagine going through 14 interviews. Imagine even going through 10 interviews or even five. Five is exhausting, but it had happened, but not 10, not 14. That was ridiculous. And that's a major change in that. I'm not saying every company has done it, but they're definitely figuring out how they can vet candidates a little differently. And we can argue if it's better or not, but we've definitely seen some creativity throughout time. Before the pandemic, we saw companies that were retail companies, a lot of them, they said, apply, we'll interview you and we'll decide if you're good, if you're good for, you know, on that day. That was 2019 and it was, and other companies had, uh, had plans to go along with that. The pandemic had ushered in a whole new stage. Well, we had to close the mall. We had to close the offices. Nobody's not going anywhere. So yeah, it has, and even from this summer, like I said, as, as many interviews that have had, uh, have been had and people are getting two or three interviews and then getting ghosted by the employer. Now, honestly, candidates have always ghosted interviews. I'm just going to put that out there. That's not, that's not real new and it shouldn't happen, but it has happened. But employers have the leverage. Why would you ghost a candidate? Why can't you, you have the resources to have somebody call and say, you know what? That's all right, bro. <laughs> we don't need you here. We hired somebody else. And you get that, you get that, you get that honesty. But it's happening. I know I see my Twitter feed. And every other day, there's somebody saying, I was ghosted, even after having several interviews. Not even being told that, you know, even though there's a couple of cases where people were told they're going on to the next round, didn't hear anything. So yeah, and we can attribute it to the game as far as, you know, people's behavior. It might be individual's behavior, but there's patterns and there's very clear patterns that are happening. So, and it keeps evolving. So that's why the hacking uh, needs to continue and the reimagining needs to continue to try to make some sense and maybe even in some kind of way make it better. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've received one of those phone calls from an employer saying that I wasn't the chosen candidate. It was like 60 seconds long. I don't know how people can't do 
15 of those in 20 minutes and just, you know, clear the decks yes. and close the loop for all of those job seekers, all those candidates who invested a lot of time and energy. And I feel like something's got to give there. If you, um, if you had to kind of counsel someone on like how, uh, how do they manage? Maybe they've got a couple of employers that are putting them through this kind of gauntlet. What might you say to them to, to maybe encourage one to close faster than the other? Or what, what might you say? Well, for one, job seekers should not rely on one or two interviews. That's the problem. That's a fundamental problem. I know it's hard to get interviews, but you can get five interviews if you kept at it. People get settled with one interview. They all, and they put all their hope and their resources and their energy and their time into one interview. That's the propensity that people work with. When you should be trying to do, after you get the one interview, get the next, get the next. So you got your favorite one, maybe at the beginning stage and you got the least favorite one in the final stage. And then you can kind of help the process along. So look, are you guys really interested and serious? And please be honest. And this is where I'm at. I'm getting, I'm in the final stages of a couple of interviews. Now, probably a better strategy, and this is argumentable, this is argumentable for uh, between career coaches and you probably know, know this, but one would say, well, wait till you get the offer before you say something in, or don't say anything all because that might be, yeah, but you, if you're having a conversation and if you feel the vibe is in your favor, why not say something? I mean, if you're a good candidate, be a good candidate, show that you have other people interested in you. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. And I've had discussions that in everybody varies, but I think everybody needs to follow their instincts and follow your gut instinct. You feel like this might be a conversation well received, go ahead and have it. But I think the number one mistake that candidates make, they rely on the onesies and not trying to get, make, uh, take advantage of every opportunity that they have to be, you know, wanted and then also uh, leverage those opportunities to possibly get the best situation you can. I love that. Um, I was talking a little bit earlier today to that point, Mark, around the idea of, of building a job search pipeline where mm-hmm. you have multiple opportunities in that, in your own funnel. And you're not just getting gung-ho focused on one thing because if that thing falls through in the funnel, if you've built it properly, there are other things that you can turn your attention to and turn your time. And you don't have to sort of sit and dwell on the disappointment that comes when that one big opportunity falls apart. Uh, so I feel like that lines pretty well. It will be really interesting to see if the 14 interview <laughs> thing sticks around. Cause I can see that burning out. Pretty quickly. Well, a lot of people, well, a lot of people aren't copying it because that's using up a whole lot of resources, even if it's remote. Yeah. So, but it happens so much that we have to take notice and look and say, 
this is happening and I hope nobody else is getting the ideas, but luckily it's not as widespread this particular time, but it doesn't make any sense. And that's, I think that's where people are going, okay. But at the same time, uh, maybe not 14, but even five is like, boy, you're using a lot of resources of one person. But I think too, the timetable just seems to be all over the place where people are not necessarily getting hired within the 60 day time frame. I've heard it's going as long as 90 days and even longer. And even there's a trend of people were getting callbacks from jobs that they applied to last year. How crazy is that? So yeah, you applied and we want to know if you're still interested. Now, we don't have to go through what industries it may apply to, but having said that, that's still the kind of dangerous for you to put your company out there to be that just says desperation all over it. And just like employers don't want to employ desperate people, people don't want to be employed by desperate employer. And that's just the truth. Now we're coming into December, which can be an awkward time to job search. Do you have any mm -hmm. tips for job seekers to best utilize this time? Yep. Yeah. Um, the, the ones that are the most frequent is networking. And networking doesn't necessarily mean to find a whole lot of different people that you never talk to. Networking means the one, see if you can get one to refer the other, to refer the other, and to go deeper into the network, not necessarily wider. And the reason is if you go deeper, let's say you find a company you like and you know somebody that works, try to get somebody to refer you to within that company rather than a friend at another company. I mean, you people can judge what's going to be the best, but it's been shown that people who know a lot more people you have a little bit more leverage in, in, in planting your seeds to stay at a company longer after you've been. Now, you may not meet it as long, but sometimes you do. But more than likely, you will be, you'll be informed about the climate and the culture. You'll know more information that you can use in interviews and maybe even for your resume. I mean, network deeper and not necessarily more people, although more people is not bad, but it takes some time to get to more people. If you have a warm contact, you don't have to go through the same thing as if you had a new contact. Because somebody that you contact new, you have to kind of be, you have to kind of decide, do I go for this ask or do I build the relationship to the ask? If you go deeper, then there's something warm. Somebody can say, hey, this person's going to give you a call. Is that cool? That's a lot different dynamic than meeting new people and have to do this dance with a bunch of people. So I would say network deeply and be very strategic as well and dig into what the companies are all about. If you're targeting companies, which I'm sure you guys have gone through that exercise many times, but still target the companies, still look forward to have great conversations. And I mean, really helpful conversations. Informational interviews is not a bad thing to do about this time, especially if you're a new graduate. 
and or if you have a if you're still in your first job first or second job of your career or even your 20s and 30s okay let's go there but uh, all that to say you know you can you can make a lot more progress by having deeper conversations and getting to know not only what your next step but what your your next career moves might be because you can start planning before you even get that next job and start positioning your career that way let's say you get to a company and you find out that they are not they don't have a training budget or they have a small training budget that means you may have to put some money aside to get the next bit of training to get to the next position so the more intel the better not to all have all these bits and pieces you know little man reminds me of a child that has all the toys out and doesn't play with just one is trying to play with and doesn't touch many of them all that's what networking could look like <laughs> you know what i mean you know you have all these things that you but you just don't get to them and it's not as productive it's better to learn just one, two, or three, than to try to learn 15 or 20, if all that makes sense. Yeah, I, it's a point that I, doesn't get spoken about enough, the idea that the depth over breadth when you're building a network, when you're making, right? De- depth like over that. breadth. I'm trying to yes. remember where I learned that from, but it, yes. I, can't, I can't claim credit for it. But the idea of... Um, we had Dory Clark uh, on our show about a month ago, and she wrote a book, a uh, recent book called The Long Game. And in that book, I, she, I read it. Yeah. I read she it. talked about the fact that it takes a lot longer than most people realize to actually build a meaningful relationship with people that takes more hours of exposure. I think it was something like 50 ish to go from sort of that just met you acquaintance to that more serious, but still kind of casual connection. Okay. And then obviously really deep, deep connections are, are further along that timeline. But I think a lot of people, like you said, Mark, kind of have this idea that it's all about how, how wide can I go? But oftentimes it's, it's how do we really leverage some of these stronger ties that we have? And can we, can we reinvigorate some weak ties, make them stronger again, so that now that the timing is right to ask for a referral, one can actually come. And be comfortable in that. And, yeah. you know, from the long game, I believe it's her because I've been reading <laughs> books a lot lately. I, I believe she has the, when she, con, she mentions that when she connects with somebody that she has the one year rule, yeah. I think. She has a one-year rule, right? Where she doesn't ask for anything for a year. It's a matter of getting familiar, my touches to see if there's, you know, compatibility and synergy uh, with that because that person may not be who you think that they are. So I completely go, and that's why it goes back to my mantra of job search as a lifestyle is that it takes time to build these relationships and it is better to build it for the long game, so to speak, than to build it for, you know, self-gratification, short-term self-gratification. And it's very difficult too when you're connecting with a lot of people. And that's why I say, take a few people, go deep. 
and the holidays it, it starts to slow down about the second week of, of December. I mean, yeah, take the time off you need for Christmas, but at the same time for the holiday, but at the same time, you, you can make that a part of your lifestyle. There's things you can learn that can make a difference in your career. There's that one person, maybe you can just pick one person and try to have do something meaningful with them or maybe even do mean, something meaningful for them. And that will make all the difference in the world because sometimes it really just takes one person to make a difference. It's just a matter of the right person with the right time, with the right company it, to, get, to make the right connections to get employed. But unfortunately, we've got to kind of you know, sift um, our network connections and what we know about them sort of like wheat in a way um, that we have to kind of look at, okay, who really is the most uh, useful in that sense and build relationships with them. Not necessarily just to build for the ask, but also it's important to do even more so after the ask than before the ask, because you just don't want to drop them. You want to make them feel good. You want to also be sure that you serve them as well as much as they serve you. And Lord knows if they help, if they helped you find a job, then you're indebted to them. So uh, those things go together. And I think those are important. Those are simple things that people can do during the holiday. Yeah. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Mark, this has been an amazing conversation already. One that could probably go quite long and um I'm curious in the essence of time, I'd love to ask some questions that we have for all of our guests who come on the show. And the first one of those being, what's the most fun that you've ever had in your career? I was a third party consultant for working with the army as a lot of them begin to exit bases during the 2010, 2011. So I got a chance to travel, train, meet a bunch of folks, network with them, and uh, learn a lot about the federal government. And probably the biggest thing I learned was how big the world was outside of what I thought it was and how deep the world is in what I thought it was because I got a chance to see a lot of people who really needed some help. And even after you give the help, they still were kind of in a, at a crossroads. So I have a lot of empathy towards them. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you sharing that. It, it, I've always known you as being a pretty empathetic voice, very compassionate guy. And I'm. it sounds like that kind of experience has had a pretty big impact on you that, that still carries through to today. Absolutely, sure does. Huh. And it was fun. And it was fun because, you know, those, you know, they live... People at that time who worked for the federal government were waiting to be saved by, you know, another initiative by the government. And that time, it, it was the last time that they would ever, for some of them, they would ever work in that position again and work in that kind of environment where they felt it was a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super stimulating from a career development strategy standpoint. Mm -hmm. 
what would you say is the biggest risk you've taken in your career and how did it turn out? I'm still taking the risk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still taking those risks. I mean, I've done um, in the past year, almost, well, yeah, more than 100 live streams uh, between being a guest and hosting between the two shows that just we, we haven't yet to take an extended break yet. And yeah, those are risks. And to me, video, uh, people see you, they scrutinize you, they, um, your words are scrutinized, uh, for some reason, even closer than a podcast and audio podcast. I don't know why that is. But people are also scared to do what you do as well. So um, yeah, being out there, it changed me a lot changed me the way I present myself and just being able to confident uh, and, you know, to say yes to things like these. So that really has, uh, has uh, changed the way I think about myself. Mark, what would you say is the best piece of career advice that you have ever received? That's funny. I shared this for an article not that long ago. Back in the 90s, I had a mentor that was helping me with getting my first management job. And she just mentioned in passing that she interviewed once a year. And I thought that, huh, doggone, that makes all the sense in the world. In any job market, especially now, even if you are quite solid in your job, you should go and see what the market looks like once a year. And the best way to do that is to interview. And there are times when she interviewed, she said that she'd gotten offers that she knew she was going to turn down, but she wanted to keep putting herself out there so that she'll know what it's like. And that was something I think I carried with me, especially until recently, uh, when someone asked me to share that in an article. Yes, by all means, that is something that all job seekers should do. Uh, again, goes along with my mantra and uh, a firm believer that if you if you don't, you will be behind now. It won't be even just losing the skill of interviewing. You'll be behind as far as your relevancy and trying to convince somebody else to hire you. What a cool idea that I've definitely never thought of. Yeah, it was one... Uh, carried with me for years. I didn't always practice it, but I know it always had an impact on the way that I give advice now. And I had thought I hadn't thought about it years. So somebody asked me, and I thought, "Holy mackerel! That is the one thing that I've actually channeled that I didn't know that I would even have a memory somebody sharing with me." Yeah. Yeah, that is totally reimagining the job search right there. I love it. Cool. Well, that one came from somebody else, so I can't take full credit. Amazing. And so for people who would like to learn more about hacking and reimagining their job search and just to follow along with you and your great advice, where should people find you? Voiceofjobseekers.com or LinkedIn under Mark Anthony Dyson. Amazing. Uh, We could have gone for like three hours on this call. I feel like... uh, (laughs) And in the essence of time, uh, just had to cut it short, but... yeah. Yeah, Mark. People, 
people are waiting to hear from me. So I got to go. I appreciate that. You're a man in demand. We will reconnect and get you on the show again soon. Uh, Mark in, in the, the post Lisa era, which is, um, like I said, before we started hitting record is bittersweet, but we'll talk more about that later in two weeks, dear listener. Uh, for the meantime, I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. We've had Mark Dyson on the Career Builders podcast. Thank you, Mark. And uh, we wish you the very best, dear listener. And we will be with you again in two weeks. Bye for now. Hey, dear listener. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the Career Builders podcast. If you love the show and want to help us spread our message further and reach new listeners, would you consider leaving a rating and review of TCBP on Apple Podcasts? Without a doubt, your help would be much appreciated. On behalf of Lisa and myself, thanks. Bye for now.